Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Sean Graney, the general counsel of Hyperdraft, a legal document automation platform. Hi, Sean. How are you? Hey, Ari. Good to be here. How are you? I'm well, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. So tell us about your background and your role at Hyperdraft. I have been practicing law. You know, you become an old man overnight. You practice law, the next thing you know, you make like a cultural reference and nobody had, knows who the A-team is or, or things like that. So I've been doing this for 15 plus uh, years now. I had pretty much the traditional career path, started at, at a big law firm, got beat up at the sweatshop went to a corporate boutique where I hid off and on for, for a decade, did a quick stint at Beast by Dr. Dre right before they got bought by Apple. No desire to move up to Cupertino. I'm a Southern California kid through and through. Went back to the boutique, we went over to Goo and Proctor, and that's where I met the founder of Hyperdraft. We became friends. He wowed me with the product. And at some point, it just made sense for me to come over and, and be the general counsel of Hyperdraft. And, and we're a team pretty much full of lawyers, but I guess I'm the only technical, like, official lawyer who's still doing lawyering in his lawyering capacity. What problem is Hyperdraft designed to solve? Lawyers, we're usually, even though we deal with a lot of, especially I was in the venture tech practice. This was, was my big startup. So, you know, work with a lot of Silicon Valleys, you're doing a lot of venture financings and all these companies on the forefront of technology. But lawyers, I mean, when I left Goodwin, there was still a partner or two who would speak into a dictaphone and have their assistant transcribe it. So we're just inherently bad at adopting technology. And there's a lot of cool tech out there that can be, be applied into the practice of law. And, and one of them is the document automation. It's Here's the typical way you do a deal. You get a term sheet, you look at the term sheet, and you go, hey, that kind of reminds me of this deal I did three months ago. You pull up those documents and you go line by line. You change names, dates, numbers, business terms. And so what ends up happening is you're a lawyer, but you spend a lot of your day, especially on the corporate side, doing more processing. And this solves for all that, just automates it. So instead, instead of taking five documents, it takes you 15 hours to produce a set of documents. You know, you answer a couple of questions and then the software automatically automates the docs, generates the docs, and uh, you got all that time to either work on other matters, do more biz dev, or, or God forbid, go home and spend time with the fan. How are legal professionals using Hyperdraft? When I joined, like most legal tech companies, my idea was we're going to go hit up the big law firms, right? That's what everybody wants. So those, those gigantic, we're going big game hunting in essence. But when you find, when you get into there, and you find that there's a million different ways to sell legal tech and each niche and each part of the legal tech community from solo practitioners to small business law firms to in-house legal departments, you find that everybody needs it. Because at the end of the day, no matter how you're practicing law and or what firm you're at or what setting you're in, you're dealing with documents. And most of the time, those documents are form or template based. The documents are the software's agnostic when it comes to the type of documents. So we can do litigation, corporate, big law, small law, in-house. What we find is that it runs the whole gamut of the legal industry and professionals use it just to take that word processing and automate that piece of the day so that they don't, again, have to pull up that form 
change each names by date or some companies they even have really good forms, but you got to go and control F to find all the open brackets and fill in all the data fields. We just do all that for them. We, they can just, with a couple clicks of the button, generate and good to go. How does Hyperdraft distinguish its approach to document automation? It starts with our founder, Tony Tai, who is our chief engineer and also the lawyer. And for me, that was the most important piece because I've, I've been in a lot of law firms and I've used a lot of these softwares. And what they do is they get in there and they try and they try and develop it and they realize it's either too hard or too expensive to have the software basically think like a lawyer and do everything a lawyer would because you have a lawyer telling an engineer, this is what we want. And how we practice law, some of this big picture and you can understand it, but sometimes it's if you have the name of a company, ABC Corporation, comma, a Delaware Corporation. If you give it to an engineer, they would say, well, why do you need to have it? Can't we just put the name of the company? But a lawyer goes like, no, I need that to differentiate in case there's multiple companies. So having to a lawyer explain that to an engineer and have an engineer actually understand the pain point that we're trying to solve, it's you lose loss in translation. Or if you wanted to pay an engineering team to implement every single change, it's expensive. But when your founder, CEO, chief engineer is also a lawyer and one of the best engineers, like an, an absolute assassin of an engineer, that, that thought process is real time. And so we approach it as lawyers using it and even from the engineering standpoint. So that's the biggest set off for me. You know, when we get to the feature sets, we take your forms. It's not like you come to us and, and we've got this uh, set of documents on the shelf and you have to take it because lawyers are very particular about their forms and they like to use their forms. So we take your forms, we code it up, we do all the thought process and everything that needs to be done to make them smart. And then you get to use your, your forms going forward. So for me, always, those are the two biggest things that, that set us apart. How does the emergence of Hyperdraft and similar applications reflect the current state of legal technology? I love it. Like if you were to try to come at me, maybe five, six, definitely pre-pandemic, I don't think legal tech gets adopted as much. So I think there's a couple of things popping off here that, that really is kind of the genesis of, of legal tech and, and, uh, and hyperdraft. And first, like what helped is, is the pandemic itself. So I was at a big law firm. It was that good one. And if you want to implement a new piece of technology in any law firm, especially a big law firm, right? Like it's got to go from committee to committee. It's got to be vetted for security and infosec and all the things you know, you'd want to. And it takes an incredibly long time. But then we got dealt the pandemic. At least in California, we went from everything's cool to overnight being locked down. And we had to have a way to talk and see each other. And Zoom was basically what everyone adopted. And it was in the works, right? It probably would have taken months to approve, but overnight you had to have it. And so I think it just kind of conditioned everyone going like, hey, we've got this technology out here. It makes life incredibly better. Like we didn't need to go into the office for a whole year to see each other and firms were just going gangbusters, right? So like the tech work, I just kind of got the mindset of folks sitting there going like, you know what? It's not bad. It's not evil. I know legal is, is usually slow to adopt, but here we are. And the other piece I would say is lawyers are getting younger. Like I said, I became the old man overnight. So you've got folks coming out of law school who may have been born in the 2000s, right? Like if, if you got some smart kids out there and they're used to using technology and they expect to use the technology. So you're not going to get a first year who was born in 2000 to use a dictaphone or anything, right? They, they're always looking for the next technological edge. And I think all this coming together has just created a nice appetite in the legal industry for legal tech, especially private job. 
Why did you make the transition from the partnership at a large law firm to serving as the chief legal officer for a legal tech startup? I always like to remind the team that it was me that came down off the ivory tower, off my big law partnership ivory tower coming down to to sling mud with with the folks on the on the ground floor. My origin story, I probably knew pretty much early on in the first couple months practicing a lot of big law firm that this thing might not be, at least the law firm might not be the long-term play for me. But you come out of law school, you got a ton of debt, you and on the corporate side, you've got zero clue on how to use it. So my plan was to was to develop as many skills as I have and just keep keep putting one foot in front of the other and then wait for that pitch. Like I went in-house with Beast by Dr. Dre. Totally cool. Learned a ton. Went back to law firm, partner at Goodwin. And I was like, you know what? I'll make one more move again, but it's got to be perfect. And it was at Goodwin that I met the founder, Tony Tai. And I've never taken myself too seriously, especially in a partner. Like it's a totally cool accomplishment. But at the end of the day, I'm still just, just practicing law and serving up documents. And I think it was the happy hour that when I joined the firm and, and he took us out and, and a couple of the people that just joined we're sitting there talking and he's like, Hey, I want to tell you about this startup I have. And that's where I'm like, yo, listen, man, like I, I don't take myself too seriously, but like, I'm still a partner and like, don't tell me things that you wouldn't want a partner to know. And he was like, no, 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 no. Good one. Totally knows about it. They're on board. It's a legal tech company. And my eyes blazed over because I'm like, Ugh, good luck selling technology to lawyers. And so he talked about it and that was it. And then I think it might've been like a week later, he got me like a very, very early beta version of it. And I used it and it was most of the software out there. The best you can get is they'll take you like 70%, 75% of the way there. Then you got to go back into the document and finish it up, which to me is an absolute fail. If I have to open up the document, I might as well just do it the way I always did it. But I used it and it got me hundred percent of the way there. And not only that, like I was able to come up saying, Hey man, I like this dude, but can we change the font? Do I have the ability to use like bold defined terms? And he'd make the change like in 10 minutes. And so I was like, ooh, we got something cooking here. And so we, we were talking for like six months. And then at some point, we agreed just to make it happen. But what dragged me out was I was just so impressed with the product, so impressed with the team that it, it was just that pitch. I was sitting on a 3-0 count, got the green light, fastball straight down the middle. And it's just been a home run ever since. Can you share some advice for others who may be interested in making a similar career move or shifting careers in general in this climate? Absolutely. I'm always here for my two cents, love it or hate it, agree with it, disagree with it. In this climate, right, it, my advice would probably be in this day and age is, is stay put, at least for the, you know, maybe to the end of the year, right? Just because in climates like this, time to hunker down, maybe a port in the storm. But generally, if you're looking to make a shift from a law firm to in-house, my advice is always the same, is acquire the skills at the law firm that would make you marketable in-house, talk to in-house counsel, figure out how they think, because they think differently. When you're in a law firm, sometimes you, you can be reduced to just giving a book report of liabilities. That's it. You take an agreement, you summarize it. Here's what it says. Here's what it doesn't say. And you kick it over to the business people and say, hey, make a business decision. And that's not how business in-house counsel think. They have to make the decision. So talk to them, learn how they practice law and start acquiring those skills, whether it's working on commercial contracts, which in-house they deal with on a day-to-day basis. They're not always just doing M&A. Um, and things like that. And so you just put yourself, you get as many of those skills and you just wait. 
and you work at a law firm that, that you think would, would open up doors for you. And so all you can do is because you just never know how in-house works, especially making the jump from outside to in-house. It's a club and they want to hire other in-house counsel for that kind of thinking that they don't want to train you to think like an in-house attorney versus outside counsel. And so biggest thing for me is always just acquire those skills. Once you acquire those skills, an opportunity will pop up, whether it's a client at your current firm and keep an eye out for that. Probably one of those growing startups that start and hit that high growth mode and they don't have an in-house team. You get on that client. You start servicing all of their commercial contracts. You do all their org charts, right? So where you know the client inside and out. And when they finally raise enough money or they start generating enough money to build an in-house team, you're top of mind. And that happens all the time, especially at the big law firm, the venture tech firms. You all know that when that senior associate is sitting on a client and they've been working with them for three to four years, it's just a matter of time. But, but acquire the skills and then just keep your eyes open. But in this environment, if you listen to the old year old pal, Sean, maybe ride out where you're at for the next five to six months to see how things shake out. And then maybe at the beginning of 2023, get that resume updated and ready to go. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Sean Graney, the general counsel of Hyperdraft, a legal document automation platform. Sean, this has been a lot of fun and a privilege. Thank you so much. Absolutely, Ari. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit reinventingprofessionals.com or ari kaplan advisors.com to learn more.